You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, available Apple, Spotify, and of course, Odyssey. Joining me here today from ESPN, Browns beat reporter, Mr. Jake Trotter. Uh, Jake, we're getting close. Training camp is just around the corner. And after what was obviously a difficult season for everything NFL related, and of course, all you folks who had to work, you know, twice is extra you'll start to get back into the swing of things and the anticipation that surrounds this franchise this year yeah there's a, a ton of anticipation i mean it's it's similar to 2019 in a lot of ways uh with the hype that that team had going into that season particularly after baker's you know stellar rookie season and yet you had the odell trade uh, but it's also different i mean there's just a, a much sturdier foundation in place uh, than two years ago. This team has proven a lot more than the 2019 team did, obviously. And, I mean, you look at the roster and you compare it to the best of the AFC, and the Browns are right there. So I, I think this is a team uh, that is capable of winning the division, might be the favorite to win the division, and then, you know, making a run in the playoffs. So Browns fans uh, should be excited about the potential of this team and where it could go. Now, uh, everybody obviously wants to talk about the offense and you know, where it is headed for year two, you know, with not, you know, with not much change, which for this offense is good. But I want to go to the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, a lot of improvements, a lot of brand new moving parts. You have Joe Woods kind of set with some players in, in place. But as much as everybody has high expectations, I think we all need to be of the realization that this could take a little time. It's great that a lot of talent was brought in, but we've seen this in any sport over, you know, over time where just because a lot was thrown at it doesn't mean automatically it's going to gel right out of the box and be what everybody hopes it could be. Yeah, I think uh, last year's offense is a good comparison for what to expect. I mean, the offense certainly had its moments the first you know, five, six, seven weeks of the season. Um, but it was very inconsistent. There were some obvious low moments, you know, the Pittsburgh game on the road, the Baltimore game on the road. Um, I think you could see some of that from the defense, uh, you know, through the first half of the season where they really flash uh, some potential, but at the same time, maybe they get lit up a couple of times. You know, maybe, maybe Kyler Murray lights them up, uh, you know, something like that. But I do think that, as they kind of figure things out, settle into the scheme, the new pieces gel, you know, the second half of the season, I think this defense has a chance to really surge and be playing like one of the better units in the league going into the playoffs. So, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't freak out if, you know, they give up 40 points in a game the first month of the season. Uh, that actually wouldn't surprise me all that much. But I do think that if they can stay healthy, you know, guys like Clowney can stay healthy. Uh, you know, when we get to December, this could be a defense that nobody wants to face, much like last year with the Browns offense. Uh, you know, nobody wanted to face that unit at full strength down the stretch of last season. 
I completely agree with you. And I think I love the fact that there is a lot of depth. So you, when you talk about a player like Clowney and some of these other players who, who were here, who maybe have a tad bit of an injury history, it seems like the Browns, Andrew Berry, the front office did a great job of basically doubling up, tripling up. So they're not going to exhaust players like we've seen in the past where, you know, poor Miles Garrett, maybe getting three, four plays off a game where now it's trying to get players on the field and getting, keeping them taking these reps as close to 100% as possible. Whether it was rookie camp, whether it was mini camps, um, I mean, I'm sorry, OTAs, let's not say mini camps. Now, Jake, we, we've obviously had a lot of discussions over, you know, the off season and what's been done with the roster, but being around, you know, rookie camp, being around the OTAs, I'm kind of curious, you know, what's the vibe? I mean, these rookies are coming into a situation with this franchise, unlike any other rookie class ever, ever has. And as far as minicamp, I mean, we all kind of know like the headline names, but this roster now is deeper than it's ever been, maybe since the return to Cleveland. Who are a couple of names in that regard that maybe, you know, aren't getting spoken about enough? You know, it's interesting. They are, you know, this is the deepest they've been in a very long time, you know, maybe decades. But at the same time, you know, you can see a lot of these rookies you know, carving out roles in the rotation, maybe not as starters, but, uh, you know, in the return game, special teams, certainly, you know, depth. Uh, I, I think that you could see a bunch of these guys make the roster. You know, somebody like Felton, you know, he has a chance to be the third running back and, and help uh, in the return game. It'll be interesting to see what happens between him and Dearness Johnson at running back. I, I think Dearness had a really good season for Cleveland last year. Uh, you know, stepping into that number three running back role and, and doing a pretty good job in returns as well. Um, you know, somebody like Schwartz at receiver, just the speed is tantalizing, but we really haven't seen him yet because he's been, you know, he's been hurt. You know, the defensive tackles, Tommy T from Iowa State, but also, you know, Marvin Wilson, the undrafted free agent they signed from Florida State. It's not like unthinkable that both those guys could be in the defensive tackle uh, rotation this year. You know, I don't think there's any doubt that, that Greg Newsom and JOK have a chance to start uh, right away or at least, you know, early on in the season. So it's a, it's a rookie class that I think can really help a lot this year, despite the depth they have coming back. It's, it was a, an amazing job. And obviously, you think about all the things considered, uh, you know, where Andrew Berry was coming from, you know, that morning, going into that night, going into that weekend. But, you know, if anything, maybe it was just something to totally just clear the head and say, all right, well, we have all the information now. Let me go in here you know, do my work. Now, again, on the defensive side of the ball here, we're talking, you know, possibly eight, possibly nine new starters, the way it all shakes out. I mean, maybe even if Greedy Williams or Greg Newsom, uh, you know, Greg Newsom, either one most likely going to be considered a new star, uh, starter as, you know, Greedy did not participate at all in 2020. We've heard Joe Woods talk since he's been here now going into year two about, you know, wanting to play more defensive backs, you know, wanting to play more nickel and dime and using these safeties in different situations. Now he has a bunch of players to do that. So, I mean, for Joe Woods here, it's, you know, basically now he's got all, he's got all the ingredients. He's got all the kitchen doodads. Now it's up for him to basically put his stamp on this and create this as opposed to last year, you know, at times where it was, all right, well, give me the 13, 14 names I've got who can even play this week, starting a practice squad cornerback in a playoff game. He's now in a position where he can truly put his stamp on, you know, the type of defense he wants to run with, you know, everything in place to hopefully do so. 
Yeah, they've got guys that can play a lot of different positions. He'll be able to really mix and match in the secondary, which obviously they weren't able to do. I mean, they were lucky if they had, you know, uh, you know, uh, some, you know, starting caliber contingent out there uh, in the secondary with all the injuries uh, that they had, particularly in training camp with Delpit and, and Greedy Williams. So, you know, you, you're going to have, like, you know, three safeties that you, you can really move around in Delpit, Harrison, um, and uh, John Johnson III. You've got Troy Hill there at nickel who can play the outside. You've got Denzel Ward and Newsom and Greedy, you know, at corner. So you can play, you know, all kinds of different combinations of nickel and dime. Uh, you know, JOK is, you know, is safety-like as a linebacker as well. So that they have a lot of possibilities. Uh, in, in that secondary, and I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how Joe Woods utilizes that group in training camp and early on in the season. And you know, the other part of it too is if they have an injury or two, which you know it's probably going to happen, um, they're going to be all right. You know, last year if they had an injury, it was like, I, what, you know, who are they going to throw out there at safety or corner uh, by the time we got to November? You know, now, you know, if, if uh, you know Greedy Williams you know, can't go for whatever reason. Well, you got, you got Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward and Hill, you're fine. If, if, you know, if, if Delpit can't play in a particular game, um, you know, you, you've still got Johnson and, and uh, you know, Harrison, you know, and, and some other guys, uh, you know, behind them that have some experience as well. So they are in uh, terrific shape in terms of uh, their, their depth in the secondary. And it's a much different situation than they were in last year. Before we let you go, Jake, this is what I'm sure every Browns fan wants to hear. And we're not going to put you too much on the spot, but will there be a playoff game in First Energy Stadium in January of 2022? Great question. It probably means they need to win the division, right? Uh, or uh, I, I, I think right now, if I had to pick the... AFC North, I think before the schedule release, I would have given Baltimore a slight edge. But the way the schedule uh, shook out with those two teams playing back-to-back, but in between the Browns have a bye, and I believe Baltimore has Pittsburgh in between those two Browns games. And I can't remember off the top of my head if that is on the road or at home. But either way, uh, that's just a huge advantage for Cleveland to be able to play Baltimore twice with a buy in between, you know, Baltimore has got a, you know, a massive divisional game. Meanwhile, in between, I, I, so I, I think that, that the Browns at this point uh, are the favorite to win the division. And if you win the division, obviously you host a playoff game. So right now I will predict that the Browns will host a playoff game at first energy. I can't imagine what that atmosphere will be like. Right. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, before the 2019 game, you know, how electric that atmosphere was. And then obviously, you know, it dissipated pretty quickly when, uh, you know, the Titans completely dominated and the Browns committed, what was it, like 37 penalties uh, in that game? I think it was actually 20. <laughs> but uh, I think 18, it was 18 penalties called, uh, or 20 penalties called and 18 enforced, uh, which was uh, uh, just an, an insane game. And then you had the, you know, the Derrick Henry screen pass. I mean, it was just everything went wrong. But before kickoff in that game, it was like, wow, I cannot believe how jacked this atmosphere is. Uh, you're going to have to multiply that times five, I think, 
if the Browns host a playoff game. And I, I think that is definitely the course of this team on paper going into the season. Yeah, and we've been actually, you know, speaking about this on the pod here. Um, and it's the, the the way that schedule broke and it being so favorable and Baltimore were already have had their bye before this goes down, where the Browns can basically just shut the doors to anything else and say it's nothing but the Baltimore Ravens for essentially 20 days. What do we got to do? This is the mountain. You know, we've kind of feel like we put Pittsburgh behind us. Cincinnati is not there yet. What do we got to do? Here's our opportunity. It was given to us on a silver platter. We can do nothing but focus on the Baltimore Ravens for 20 days, try to find our way. Obviously, you know, a split would be great. Obviously, you want both. And yeah, obviously, you know, pushing hopefully your heights to, you know, winning the AFC North and then eventually hosting a playoff game. It may be the offseason, but there is no such thing for uh, Jake Trotter as he is forever, forever busy. Jake, I want to thank you for your time. Rest up because a number one, it's back to business, truly back to business for the 2021 NFL season. And, you know, for any Browns fan who sit around with the proverbial grin like the Cheshire cat, I mean, I guess it's kind of understandable. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's about to crank up. Uh, should be a lot of fun. All right. All the best, Jack. And I could not uh, thank you enough for your time. All the best, my friend. And we will talk soon, sir. Okay. See you, Jeff. Take care. We'll continue with some more of my thoughts on training camp. And just again, big thanks to Jake Trotter for joining us. We'll get to more Locked On Browns here in just a bit. Obviously, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting news, including MLB, NBA, NFL, and all your UFC, MMA action one month away from the NFL preseason before the next pitch of the second half of the MLB season head on over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great is sporting news and sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into full swing for the second half of MLB and of course the NFL preseason and regular season bet online your online sports book experts as we head into training camp here of 2021 for the Cleveland Browns, and again, the most anticipated training camp probably since the return, we talked with Jake Trotter about you know how 2019 seemed to be that vibe as well. Um, but as exciting as it was, obviously, you know, never came to fruition, so to speak, in the 2019 season. This year, the depth is there everywhere offensively, the skill positions, the offensive line on the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line the linebacking unit, the secondary, uh, just a very, very impressive roster put together by general manager Andrew Berry and his staff. Some of the things I'm probably looking forward to the most, and it's going to be different because we're not looking so much at essentially starting battles here for the Browns, um, but how the wide receiver room shakes out. You have Odell Beckham Jr. You have Jarvis Landry, both very established in their careers, and as far as maybe the pecking order of one and two in the Browns wide receiver core. You get to Rashard Higgins, a huge fan favorite. Every time his name has been called, he's been a major contributor for this franchise at the wide receiver position. But then you look at, you know, second-year player, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, has the athletic makeup, has the intelligence makeup to probably take a big leap here in year two. 
he comes in with a strong training camp. It's going to be really hard to deny the young man some playing time. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, probably a similar path to what Donovan Peoples-Jones went through as a rookie, you know, having his number called at times, um, being asked to contribute. You know, Anthony Schwartz has this calling card that basically nobody else on this Browns roster has in the fact that he has true, legitimate, you know, speed, talking speed as one of possibly the fastest players in the NFL, something the Browns certainly could use to expand the passing game, uh, as we talk about a ton where it almost felt like the Browns were playing on an arena field in 2020 at times where they were just so limited with what they could do with the passing game. As Jake said, uh, Demetric Felton at the running back position here is a solid guy, um, similar to Kareem Hunt in that he can run the ball, uh, probably known just as well for what he can do as a receiver. Uh, we've seen whether it was rookie camp, whether it was OTAs, where he's kind of taking reps in the slot. He's taking reps at running back. A true challenger to be a third running back uh, third running back on this team can contribute in special teams as a return man. A player I think that there should be high hopes for this year for Browns fans as far as getting to know you know, some of the next, you know, quote unquote, the next players as the Browns are going to have decisions to make at the running back position. Demetri Felton, certainly an interesting option there. You get to the defensive tackle position. You know, almost everybody's new. Obviously, Jordan Elliott was here. We never really got a taste of Andrew Billings in 2020. Uh, then you get down, you know, to, you know, the two rookies and Tommy Togiai. And of course, you know, Marvin Wilson, just going to be an interesting group how it plays out. The Browns could easily go five deep at the defensive tackle position. Uh, of course, getting to see Jadavian Clowney up front, getting to see Tack McKinley up front, seeing more of Anthony Walker who comes here, you know, being spoken of so highly, so well by you know, Darius Leonard, his former teammate with the Indianapolis Colts, talking about the type of man he is, the type of guy who holds a defense together, really looking for that aspect as well. And then we get to the secondary, you know, hopefully getting to see Grant Delpit return to full health. The same thing with Greedy Williams, getting to know Greg, uh, Greg Newsom, getting to know Troy Hill and John Johnson III, and just seeing where this secondary could be headed under the leadership and the guidance of one Joe Woods and him finally getting the pieces that he's asked for and talked about that he did not have in year one, you know, running this Browns defense. Now he has a defense that can get after the passer. He's got hybrid players in JOK, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delva, John Johnson, the third, these guys who are so versatile, interchangeable, can play by the line of scrimmage, can do some linebacker things, can do some safety things. And it just makes it more and more difficult for the opposing quarterback to realize just exactly what the game plan is, you know, from the defense and having to take extra time between snaps, trying to recognize exactly what defensive player is doing, what role and taking some of these teams that like to play at such a high speed, a high intensity and taking that away because they will not be able to truly understand or tell right away what the defense is giving them should be really fun from that aspect to see how Joe Woods handles all of this. And I am really excited to see there's some of the battles, some of the things we're going to look for in Browns training camp 2021. I've got a personal little message here. We're going to go with here in a second, as everybody knows, you know, my family's been through a little bit here uh, last few weeks. We'll get to that here in a second, but I've missed you all. And so glad to be back here manning the post, so to speak at locked on Browns. Did you know that Bill Barr has nine delicious flavors? 
including the limited time flavor. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar lineup, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there is something for everyone. I've told you guys, mint brownie is the one for me. Healthy, strong, covered curves and appetite, and it's got that Girl Scout cookie taste to it. If you haven't tried all the flavors, I suggest a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, all caps, 15, no space, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Now, as everyone knows through my social media pages, uh, my family, my wife, uh, we lost my mother-in-law um, about a week ago. Uh, my mother-in-law and my wife, it wasn't just a mother-daughter relationship. Uh, my mother-in-law and my wife, they were best friends. Uh, they did everything together, inseparable at times, even though they certainly got on each other's nerves at times and there was a little bickering. Um, but it was a deep relationship and they were extremely close, forever had each other's backs and this one's a tough pill to swallow. As everyone knows, you know, I've been through a lot in my time here covering this, you know, whether it was the loss of my brother, the loss of my father. Um, but my mother-in-law was an integral piece. Um, you know, we are a family of four, but we often joked we were a family of five as she was just as much a part of this as any, you know, as I am, as my wife is, certainly as my kids are. Um, this woman two years ago, you know, diagnosed with cancer, did everything she could at 72 years old to kick cancer's ass. Uh, in the summer of 2019, um, was pronounced cancer-free. It was fantastic. She, you know, went back to her normal life, went back to, you know, being who she always was. And this was after a long battle and her here with us within our home the entire time, because it was just too difficult to think about her going through this, you know, even though she lives close, but going through this without being there for her every step of the way. You know, whether it was helping her get to the bathroom, whether it was making sure she got the proper liquids in her, um, then she returns, you know, to her life and, you know, gets through the fall and then COVID hits and right in the height of COVID, you know, unfortunately breaks her kneecap. And so from surgery to repair her kneecap, right back in, moved in with us for three months and, you know, dealing with all that and helping her and being there for her because it was a two-way street. Uh, my mother-in-law would have done anything for anyone in my home. She was a hands-on grandmother like you would not believe. There were often times, I mean, to say often is probably, you know, cutting it very, 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 very a slight using the word often. But between my wife and I and our careers and working and having two children, there were times where the schedules, a lot of times where the schedules just didn't work as far as I got to be here. She's got to be here. A kid's got to be here. The other daughter's got to be here. How do we make this all work? Well, it was always Graham. Um, and she was always there. I mean, there were times where she would take the day off of work because I couldn't, my wife couldn't to sit at home with one of our daughters who, you know, were, you know, ill and couldn't make it to school that day. Not only would she come sit with them, watch over them, she'd run them to a pediatrician appointment. 
she'd get the script over to the pharmacy where all we had to do on our way home was pick up the prescription. She was fantastic. And to say she was an important part of our day-to-day lives is, is certainly cutting it short. She was a major part of our day-to-day lives and always helped us, you know, make ends meet. And it's, you know, it's, it, it was her time. She had been through a lot. She had suffered a stroke in January of 2021 and nothing really came back. She, you know, didn't have the ability to communicate, which, you know, was brutal to watch because my mother-in-law would talk to anyone. She was a conversationalist. She loved to just chat and for her not to have the ability to communicate and not to be able to answer basic questions with basic answers was rough to watch. And then with this, you know, being paralyzed on the right side of her body, she was a right-handed person uh, trying to do, you know, whatever she could feed herself with just her left hand. And then, you know, other medical issues, you know, some internal bleeding was, you know, certainly a big issue that was problematic for her as they had her on a high amount of blood thinners to try and, you know, combat the fact that they did not want her to have another major stroke. And it just ended up to be too much for her body after all she had been through for a two year period. Um, we're going to miss her. And to say that is, you know, putting it lightly. Um, she was a fantastic woman. And the fact that she always found the time to be there for us and anything, I mean, the simplest of stupid requests, she never had an issue helping out, uh, taking care of, you know, being there for my wife, being there for my kids. You know, I always love the fact that there was a dirty, if there was a dirty water dog truck, (laughs) she was right with me and we got to stop. Thanks, Graham. I'll appreciate that. The fact that she would indulge me in sitting down and sharing in, you know, boardwalk style sausage and pepper sandwiches. Um, she was a good lady. I could sit here and tell some mother-in-law jokes just like anybody could about their mother-in-law. Uh, but the fact of the matter is when it all comes down to it, she was a rock star and, uh, to miss her and to know she's gone, it's going to take time. And, you know, I was talking about my daughters with this just yesterday and trying to explain to them, you know, it's going to be a while before mom's right. If she's ever all the way, right. Uh, this is a significant loss for us and certainly for my wife. Um, and to have to, you know, shortly here, get back to day-to-day life and get back to, uh, you know, a normal routine after a devastating loss, such as my wife has gone through. I just hope everybody can keep her in her thoughts, keep our family in our thoughts. Um, folks, if there's someone significant in your lives and maybe you think you're not reaching out enough, may I suggest that you go ahead and take care of that now because it needs to be said and people who are important to you, even if though, even though they may know it, need to be reminded of it on a daily basis, how important they are how appreciative you are of them and how much they are needed and truly loved. It's been great having Jake Trotter on here, have some training camp thoughts. And of course, give me some thoughts here. Oh my mother-in-law, Lori, she's going to be missed. We're back to business. Uh, training camp less than two weeks away with the most highly anticipated Brown season. I'm going to say it since the return of the Cleveland Browns, we're all systems go. Uh, no more time to, you know, dwell, it's time to get to work. Um, And you guys know how excited I've been about this year. I am there. I am ready to rock. And uh, just appreciate all of you, you know, for reaching out, checking in. But it's all systems go. It's football season, baby.
This has been Locked on Browns. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.